0: Hello, everyone. I'm Asha Nyaswamy, and this is our noon broadcast. And this is Conversations with Asha Millennials Speak. And today, our guest is Tandava. And hello. say hello to the people, Tandava. That's very nice. Uh, today, you can see for those who've been watching, this is our third broadcast. Um, there's a few people who are allowed to come into the house, Chela Bhavan, where we're filming from. and others who are not, but actually because we had to film at a six-foot distance looking at the first two episodes, you really couldn't see anybody's face. You could just see a big expanse of blank wall. So it's pretty likely that we're going to continue these on Zoom, even if in a couple of cases we could be together, just because I think it's going to be a better view for all of you guys. So Tandava will tell us more about himself in a moment, but first, Tandava, we have to start with a full disclosure. So perhaps you're the one who should give it. Would you please?
1: I I informed Asha just before we started that I am not in fact a millennial. I am 40 now. I was born in 1979. And I don't know what exactly that makes me, but uh I never cared much about getting labeled anyway, and she still let me come on the program, so here we are.
0: <laughs> well, from my perspective of 72, you're We're all definitely millennial. you pardon me?
1: We're all millennials. Yes, you're
0: all millennials, that's exactly right. <laughs> but nonetheless, I think you qualify because I happen to know a little bit about your background, but tell us just you know sort of what you did before you came to Ananda and uh, what your interests were, what you were following, where you went to school and so on. <laughs>
1: um, I went to the school at the same place Asha went to briefly, which was Stanford. And uh, then I spent five years at Google. So I had sort of the whole Silicon Valley experience here. And uh, Google was fun for a while, but after uh, five years or so, I kind of got tired of of running that race and playing that game Um, and I could sort of see that there were a lot of really bright people having a really good time with it, but I had kind of reached the limit of what I felt I could get out of it or, or what I could do and I couldn't really see anywhere else to go. Yes.
0: I was just going to ask you a question. You told me once how you happened to get fired. Uh, f- I was going to say fired there, but that's not what I meant. How you happened to get hired there? So t- t- tell me how you happened to get hired there. Do you remember? You were told me about a blog that you had or something like that. Oh, I well, remember? I
1: worked. I worked on the Blogger product, uh-huh. so and I was, which I was using already, so that helped. It was actually my third try getting into Google.
0: Um, <laughs> you made three tries getting in. I mean, yeah, what that
1: was when it eventually did it.
0: Okay, so now give me, give me, because so I'll understand a bit. Because see, I don't know any of these things. So what do you mean you had three tries? Like you just have to keep applying and getting rejected? Yeah. Well,
1: the right? first time I just honestly wasn't qualified for the job I was trying to get. The second time I was actually temping, and so uh, I was in there for a while, but it was just a random job, literally filing papers in the legal department, and then I was out again. And eventually they bought Blogger. I was using Blogger. I could make a good case and. Uh, they hired me for that one. And it was fun. I got
0: it. I got it. So then go back to so you're saying that a lot of people were having fun doing it, but you weren't having fun doing it? Is that how you put it? When you decided it was enough for you?
1: Yeah, it's you know, it's it was a fun, exciting adventure you know i have a bunch of very bright very energetic people doing a lot of really neat stuff Um, blogger in particular really struck me as a world changing thing suddenly we had anybody in the world who could have an online presence and this was brand new at the time and we had a guy in baghdad blogging about the bombs falling outside of his house and these are the kind of things that just that kind of access to other people's experience was so new to the world and the internet. And it was really exciting to be a part of it.
0: Uh-huh. So what part, what part did you play when you work at Google and you're working on that product for someone who's not, even by any stretch of imagination, a person who would do that. So like, what did you actually have to do with that? Did you, did you talk to the people who were blogging or did you just get to facilitate yeah, consult-
1: I I worked in tech support. Um, I was a little techier than a lot of the customer support people. Um, but mm-hmm. I wasn't really techie enough to be an engineer. Uh, mm-hmm. So I got to be sort of the connecting link between the users and the product, which I liked because I've always enjoyed teaching things and explaining things and helping people. Um, and, you know, I was almost a computer science major in college and I dropped it because I didn't want to just be playing with the computer all day. I needed to involve, be involved with people as well. And so this was kind of... That balance for me of getting to do something techie but also helping people actually use it to do actual things that are important to them.
0: Oh, well, that's that's very good. What uh, you had a double major in college? What was your second major? What else oh, did you do?
1: I no, I had this weird um, conglomerate interdisciplinary major called symbolic systems. Wait, and-
0: pause. Called yeah. symbolic systems.
1: Symbolic systems, which doesn't mean anything because what it means is everybody gets to make their own mix of computer science, philosophy, linguistics, psychology, and music. So,
0: no, uh, no, just, no, so there's a lot of people who wanted to combine all those things that there's an actual something called that, or was it yeah. your own? No, <laughs> no, no,
1: that's an actual thing. There's still a department there called symbolic systems.
0: Symbolic systems. Yeah. Okay. I just I'll just leave it. This is why this is what why I, we're talking together. What I decided see,
1: is what that major really means is I could put on my resume and spin it any way I wanted for any job I applied to.
0: <laughs> and add to the add it the name Stanford and you had it you were yeah, you were really Yeah. You know, I dropped out of Stanford after one year. I actually literally flunked out. I flunked out because I wasn't interested. I, I think I got reinstated. I have a vague memory that I might have gotten reinstated. But all I have to say is that I matriculated at Stanford. I was accepted at Stanford. And so I get all the cachet without having to spend all that money and all that the time.
1: Smith strikes again, yes.
0: <laughs> so, okay, so well, we're. I love
1: my years at Stanford. I spent five years there just because I could you know, run around and take classes forever if you let me. <laughs> I see.
0: So we had the opposite experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, you, I also remember you telling me that you used to do a lot of dancing of a certain yeah. kind when you were at Stanford. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. For 10 or 12 years, that was my uh, main social activity and uh, not to mention exercise. I did a lot of uh, social ballroom dancing. So the classic ballroom dances that everybody would recognize waltz et cetera, but not competitively or anything like that just mm-hmm. for fun socially
0: and music
1: and music I almost had a music minor I realized after I graduated I was one class away <laughs> I see. Done it.
0: so you could have yeah so what what do you do for music what's your what's your interest in music are you a composer singer I mean I know some of what you do but I don't know everything you do <laughs> <laughs> I um
1: I'm mostly an instrumentalist. I sing Mm -hmm. somewhat. I've never identified with it as much. I've never felt like it has been as strong for me. But I love playing instruments and just learning different ones and figuring out how they all work. Mm -hmm. Um, I've composed a little bit, uh, not a ton, but every once in a while uh, I have, not for a while. I started off doing folk music, so I did a lot of Irish fiddle tunes and things like that. Nowadays, uh, for the last 10 years, obviously, I've been playing a lot of Swami Kriyananda's music and accompanying singers for that. So that's been mm-hmm. my main thing, though. I've also started getting into classical guitar just recently since I got a new nylon string guitar. So that's been fun. But I, I, get, uh, I, I like to sort of run off on little tangents and learn a bit about this for a while and enjoy it and learn about, a bit about this. I've, uh, for the last six years or so, I've done music for the school play. Mm -hmm. which has actually been a lot of fun in that respect because it's a different theme every year. And, Mm -hmm. uh, they can just say, okay, we need music for, uh, this year it was Queen Esther from the old Testament. So let's, let's find a bunch of Jewish music, maybe some Persian sounding music. And, you know, I get to go off and find some and learn some and, and do something new for a while and then play with it.
0: Fabulous. So now let's come back. So we're at Google and we've sort of, we've sort of, let me. I mean, just thinking. If you were, if you were actually a millennial, um, if you were actually a millennial, you would have actually reached more or less the end point. We have gone to a prestigious university. We now have a job at one of the most desirable companies in the world. We're on the cutting edge of technology, but then you stopped. So what happened?
1: Yeah, it's. Hmm. And I was by no means at the top of Google either. I was. You know relatively low on the totem pole just to be clear okay so we're so we're Um, at the
0: bottom of google but we're in the door Um, and
1: you know something that happens a lot at places like that um, is that people wouldn't might work at google for a long time but might be in a given job for a year and then go Uh on to something else within the company or a different department or whatever it is and partly because i came in so specifically for blogger which i was really committed to at the time I didn't do that. And I had five years kind of doing the same thing, not exactly, and the, the role expanded somewhat, but I wasn't really moving around doing different things. And by the time I started getting burned out on that, which is why I think a lot of people do switch around to the different jobs, I couldn't really see anything else I wanted to do at that same level, <clears throat> excuse me. Like I said, Blogger really grabbed me. It felt really important. It felt really interesting and i couldn't work up the same enthusiasm about say google calendar <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> um, I and you know there, there are probably a variety of ways i could have gone i could have gone on to manage the team of people like me
0: uh-huh. um,
1: that was actually an offer on the table but kind of everything that i looked at i just had this feeling of why yeah. Yeah. you know what am i really gonna enjoy that anymore is that gonna you know, why was really the the thing. And I couldn't see any reason to do anything more than anything else.
0: Um, were you, were you already interested in the spiritual path or did it come at the same time?
1: Not very specifically. I mean, for a long time, it was there in my consciousness sort of, but never as something I, I could really grab onto.
0: Right. What um, changed?
1: And, uh, Well, it was after I left Google, actually. So leaving Google was actually a little bit like stepping off a cliff. And Uh I will say that my my family was very supportive, but a lot of people sort of went, what? (laughs) What are you doing? Um, But I didn't know what I was gonna do. Uh Uh, And I just said, okay, I can't work here anymore. I don't know what I can do, but I'm just gonna take some time off and and clear my head and see what happens. now, at that time, I had actually seen Swami Kriyananda already, um, mm-hmm. and this is maybe half a year before. I don't think I knew what to do with that experience. I had a very strong, very powerful experience the first time I saw Swami Kriyananda. But
0: I'm going to I, stop I, you. What do you mean? I had a very strong experience the first time I saw Swami Kriyananda. Like, what does that mean? Yeah, so...
1: Uh, He was giving a talk in Palo Alto when he was passing through to or from an India trip, probably. And my mom just said, come here, see him. My mom always said it was her duty as a mother to get her kids in front of a saint (laughs) at least (laughs) once in, in her life. So and she did. And and so I just went. And I remember one of the strong impressions I had was, wow, if I can be anything remotely like this, when I am 80 years old, whatever I will have done to get there will have been worth it.
0: Oh, that's a beautiful way to put it. You know, that that's not dissimilar to what I thought. He has what I want. And, and yeah, but that's the same thing. I want to be like this man. Very good. So go and, on.
1: And mm-hmm. I spent a lot of it grinning and crying and not knowing what was going on inside of me. <laughs> yeah. I went up through the blessing line. Everybody lined up to go see Swami and get blessed. Excuse me.
0: Huh. You know, it's and fun could... <laughs> time to be... <laughs> Because I undoubtedly was in the room. I didn't yes, mean to. You were you there that next
1: time. to Swami and you introduced this is Trish and this is her son. Um, oh,
0: I did. And oh yep.
1: uh-huh. <laughs> And then I stood off on the side of the room watching the rest of the line go through and just standing there crying, really. And the, the end of the line came. I got back in the line and I went through again. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> um, just And I didn't really know what was going on. There was something going on that my heart was feeling in my my mind did not know how to process it. Mm. Um, but it was the catalyst. And and for the longest time, I would always tell the story that I went and heard Swami Kriyananda and it was great. And I came to Ananda and everything, uh, the rest is history, you know. It was a year and a half actually before I came in the church again, mm. because I think, you know, I have this Gemini nature, it's all in my head and this wasn't on board yet. It didn't know (laughs) how to process any of what happened. Uh Um, So, so now back to, so that happened a little before I left Google and then I left Google and I didn't know what I was going to do. But the first thing I knew I was going to do was go on a meditation retreat, which was a Vipassana meditation retreat because for five years, a friend at Google had been telling me, you have to go do one of these Vipassana retreats. (laughs) Um, And it's interesting, just speaking of the same friend, one Christmas, he gave everyone in our team a spiritual book for Christmas. Uh And most people, he gave sort of contemporary popular Buddhist books like Thich Nhat Hanh, Pema Chodron, those type of people. And he gave me the autobiography of a yogi.
0: Was that the first time you got it?
1: (laughs) No, no, it wasn't the first time. My mom had Uh given it to me also, and I wasn't ready to read it when I was a teenager. But Uh he just gave it to me. I don't know why. I didn't read it that time either. (laughs) Uh But And... Uh You know, it wasn't his path, but somehow, I don't know, maybe he just tuned in that that was the one to give me.
0: You know, it's so amazing when you look back, when one looks back, and you see how the threads were just sitting there. Your mother gave it to you as a teenager. Your mother took you to Swami Kriyananda, but you had to wait. Okay, so now we're a Gemini, and it's all in our brain, but we don't know what to do with it.
1: But I knew I should meditate, and, and I had already seen Swami. I already knew about Ananda, but this guy had been telling me go do a vipassana retreat forever so i just did uh-huh. <laughs> but it turned out like that was kind of right for me uh-huh. um i could just i could grab onto it as a tool i could sort of just start relating to this one fixed limited thing as a tool see how it worked in my body and my consciousness start getting a grip on how on how it actually functions to some extent but more importantly, lay my mind, relax about it, and go, okay, yeah, there is something kind of to this. Mm. And at some point, uh, was it nearly a year after that, I don't remember what the impetus was. And actually, in this time, I did finally read the autobiography. I read your book about Swami Kriyananda as we have known him, because I knew there was something at Ananda, because I had met Swami. So I mm-hmm. started reading all this. In the background before i showed up and i started listening to some of your talks and you can explain things in a way that a gemini mind likes so that also helped and the mm-hmm. fact that i was doing some meditation even if it wasn't from this path helped because it's working on me on a level that i am not actually processing in my now, mind i'm
0: gonna i'm gonna stop for just a second because i'm i'm immensely curious about this so did you like waswami swami kriyananda inside your consciousness or was he just an idea out here of something that had happened just out here if you can speak to that
1: it's hard to say because at the time i doubt i would have had the awareness to distinguish Got it. um i mean looking back i always the way i th- feel about it is always that i went and saw swami kriyananda and boom uh, here i am so it was it felt like there was a seed a catalyst something happened there it took a long time for it to sprout Right. but but it was planted at that very first meeting
0: interesting okay so so now we're meditating and now we've read autobiography of a and, yogi yeah. and
1: i don't i don't remember what actually you know triggered it but one morning it was a sunday morning and it was time to go to church Isn't and that and I actually called my mom. I said, are you going to be at church? Because I think I might go today. And I got her voicemail and she was actually going to be somewhere else that day. And so I didn't even see her <laughs> there. Um, but I, I showed up at Ananda and I can't remember ever looking back at that point. You know, And then I started taking our beginning meditation classes and everything else just went on from there. And the way I think about it, looking back is that I had a tool and it was all I could handle at the beginning. And that was great cuz it got me this far and then mm-hmm. when i got to the point where i could see a whole path then i was finally ready for it i wasn't ready for it the first time i saw swami kriyananda i couldn't just dive into a whole spiritual community whole way of life but i could go somewhere and get a tool
0: and that and tool was was vipassana meditation cuz vipassana meditation. Meditation. Because I'm not as informed as you are, if it possible, is like a technique of meditation, and you go to these retreats and you practice it. But there's not a guru, and there's not a, a whole community of people. Or yeah, it more... it's
1: different, and you can find group meditations to go to every once in a while. But it's nothing like this kind of a just really integrated, complete community. Got it. Um, and I'm you can about. just take it and go off and do it yourself forever, and and mm-hmm. fine.
0: I see, I see. That is a that is a bit I mean, self realization and especially Ananda, it's a way of life. Meditation is just one of the things that we do, but it it is a way of life. I really see the distinction and I can see how a person could feel more comfortable uh knowing that you get to keep a lot of what you get to keep a lot of yourself to yourself and you just have to bring this into your world rather than stepping into another world would that be a way to say yeah
1: and i didn't process it that way at the time but looking back that's how it played out i mean this is nothing against vipassana because you can go very far and deep into it but at the level i was i just took it as a thing but i could relate to that and it could start working on me and then i felt later on that you know i had a tool when i was ready for a tool and then when i finally came back to ananda i felt oh i had a tool now i have a home now I, I have everything, ever. yeah um, hmm. and yeah, and it you know just at some point that that turned, and I showed up at church, and there it was <laughs> and, and I, was I've that. been here ever since right, yeah. and, and also the the um the people that I met were were just so integral in that, because you know we've already mentioned Stanford, we mentioned Google, these are places that have this almost mystique around them, like, whoa, Stanford, Google, you went there, wow, Um, and it's fun to be around a lot of people who are smarter than me, and like, wow, they're really good at what they do, and I love it, but there weren't a lot of people that I wanted to be like. (sighs) in more ways than just being smart and did it with being a musician. I've been a musician since I was 14. I've been part of the folk music community, um, just known a lot of musicians. And there are a lot of people that I would love to play music like them, but I wouldn't necessarily want to otherwise be like them. Mm-hmm. And suddenly when I came to Ananda and I started meeting more people, I started going, wow, I would actually really like to be like that person. And that mm-hmm. person, and that person. How did we get so many of these people yeah. here in one place? This is amazing. Uh-huh. Um, so, so that was very dramatic for me also just in those early days. It you started know, with Swami that first time, but it expanded to everybody else.
0: You know, it's very interesting that you say that because since I was part of Ananda since 1971, since really early, and in the beginning it was, um, mm, 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 there, there was just a lot going on. It wasn't, it wasn't as clearly defined. The self-definition, Swami always knew what we were doing, but the self-definition of everybody else took time to evolve because we were all, he was bringing us all up from the mud, so to speak. But I do remember the time, the point, and it was like mid to late 70s when the people of Ananda began to draw other people. And at first it was sort of like everybody came because of Swami or everybody came because they wanted to live in a country community And have goats and organic food or something like that but there was actually a point in time when we began to attract each other so what you're describing it's actually it's very interesting by the time you got there that's exactly what it was a community in other words Mm -hmm. yeah were you looking for a community
1: no um so i guess the other thread that we used through all this was your question about was i on the spiritual path and when and everything and you know, for some years before, I had had a sense that there was something that needed to be done, and uh-huh. I wasn't sure what could be done about it. I took mm-hmm. a class in Buddhism in college, and it was all memorizing the different sects and the dates and and the differences in the philosophy. It's like there's no actual <laughs> helpful Buddhism here in this at all.
0: <laughs> That's why I dropped it. That's why I only lasted one year at Stanford.
1: Go on. <laughs> that, was the, that was the only religion class I took. The philosophy classes weren't any better. Um, uh-huh. But there was something I noticed, which was that a lot of the, the people I most liked and respected were religious in some way. Uh-huh. Um, uh, one person was Jewish. I had a number of friends who were Christian um, and and another friend who was Buddhist and I, I would notice, and this sort of bugged me that because they're different religions, but I could feel that there was some connection between the fact that they were all spiritual. Mm. And and it really bugged me because then it's like, how do I choose a religion if, it, if they <laughs> all seem to work? Um, back when I uh, used to think I would have kids, which I'm not planning on anymore, I... There was a time that I knew I wanted them to be brought up in a religion. I just didn't know what (laughs) because I could tell there was something important. And I would have some conversations with friends, especially the Christian ones and just try and get my mind around it. And there would always be kind of blocks that I, I would run into what Yogananda called churchianity. And I would go like, ah, how can this work? But there's still something here because there are a lot of people that I respect, that I have a heart connection with. Who really deeply believe this, and it has made them what they are. So I was I was confused, and I would read occasional spiritual books, and I would be very respectful of spiritual things, um, but I didn't know what to do with it. Right.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, that's you know that's exactly. I didn't know what to do with it. That that would that would have described me at you know I, I got I got I found Swami a little bit younger, but that was it. I, I knew there was something. And then I sort of began to understand that it was spiritual, but I didn't know what to do with it. And I, I think that's part of why, when you meet the people of Ananda or Swami himself, which was what I met, but the people of Ananda, somehow these people have figured out what to do with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just sounds so mundane, but that's huge, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah for a long time, I, w- I would read books, and usually just sort of like popular, spiritual, not religious kind of books. And mm-hmm. it was something, and I'm sure it was working on me, and you know, I have, I have family that is spiritual, but not religious. So I I grew up kind of being okay with people talking about karma and, and reincarnation and whatever, but not really doing stuff with it. And so there's all this stuff kind of working at a, at a lower level in my consciousness, but there it's this undercurrent that was going on for a number of years. And, you know, it's just, I guess, what what I was ready for at any given time. And then I was ready to see Swami and I was ready for the next thing and the next thing. And finally it got, you know, it built up its exit velocity and uh, (laughs) took off.
0: Yeah. And it took off. Do you ever, how would you say it? Do do you ever think, do you ever, do you ever have any regrets? I guess is actually the word. Do you ever imagine the road not taken? Or is it just, you're, you're too happy where you are?
1: No, I, I couldn't say regretting there's um one of the other things i noticed early on about ananda is uh one of my favorite words became context which is that you know trying to understand other people's beliefs like i would always feel like i would hit a wall at some point and this is as far as you can go and i felt like when we got here finally there was a picture big enough to actually encompass everything because we're working on taking ourselves to infinity so Mm -hmm. what can possibly be left out of that (laughs) And so that's, you know, it's, um, you know, St. Peter's classic response to Jesus about where would I go? Like, what even is outside the spiritual path? I'm a monk now. Theoretically, Mm -hmm. I might not be a monk in the future, but I'm happy like this now. But there is a context that is so much bigger that I don't feel it's possible, (laughs) never mind desirable, to get out of. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this it goes all the way to the top what we're doing here
0: <laughs> you, you know that uh, um, I mean of course one of the reasons that we're friends is because there's a lot of similarities I think in the way we approach life but what you just described is exactly what happened to me also with Ananda I was a. I, I didn't really do very much but the little bit I did before I came to Ananda I seemed to run through it too fast I mean I went through college in one year of course <laughs> <laughs> I'm reminded in this, Yogananda has a marvelous cleansing diet. It's called the nine-day diet. And it's it's a terrible diet in the sense that it it's just, it's a very, it's a, it's a kind of, it doesn't matter, but it's a hard fast to go on because it's, you, you eat certain foods. But I say, you know, I got so good at the nine-day diet, I could just finish it in three days. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the most I've it's, ever done on that one too.
0: <laughs> so it's like, I finished four-year college in one year. I mean, you just finish things. Because they're not big enough. And if you have a quick mind, and especially if you have a Gemini inclination. But it is true. When I came to Ananda all that years, all those years ago, I, I hoped it would work for me for the rest of my life. But, but how did I know? But it, it, because of the context. I never thought of it in the obvious, what you just said. Which is, it takes us to infinity, so what can be left out? <laughs> for me, it's just been more practical. It's like today is really working. Wow, that was a great decade. Boy, these 25 years have been terrific. And, you know, I got to be 60 and whatever it was, I'd been here 40 years or something. And it was like, well, so far, so good. (laughs) And it just keeps going out. Well, anyway, very, very good. Well, thank you, Tandava. uh, Our hope is that we're going to cycle through, uh, you know, four or five of you and just talk more than once. I very much appreciate. It. I've known you for a long time but when I find you finally ask the questions the it, it's wonderful to hear it. I'm very very happy to have spent time with you. Thank you. My pleasure. God bless you.